Let's pray. Lord, you are good. And today we proclaim, God, that you are our Savior. And we, um, we hope to understand, God, the depth of your love for us. And the depth that you have made us uh, and allow us to feel your presence and to feel your love. And to experience a whole wide range of emotions as you have created us. And Lord, today would we honor you with those? Would we seek you with our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight our theme is being formed in Christ, and it has to do with our emotions. Um, the last two services, so Sunday and last Wednesday, had to do with our minds. And we talked about how our minds and our hearts work, work off of each other, right? Our thoughts can influence our feelings and our hearts, and our feelings, e even the feelings that we don't know where they come from, can also influence our minds. We talked about downward spirals and how those things play off of each other, and it's kind of circular. And we talked about um, how important it is for us in Christ Jesus to use our minds, use our thoughts, use our wisdom, use our reasoning to better understand God and his truth and his love for us so that we might have a firm foundation, right? So that we might know which thoughts that are in our heads are ones that are of God, honoring to God and pleasing to God. Because sometimes our thoughts aren't. I shared that Sunday. Um, there are things in my mind that God did not put there. There are things that I put there that I didn't need to put there, and there are things that the enemy puts there to deceive me. There are things that other people have said to me throughout the years that were not inspired by God that have put roots in my mind, right? Like, we all have these things that we've been told. We all have these thoughts that we have. And as we know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ is powerful enough to actually transform our minds. That's what we talked about this last Sunday. And he wants our minds to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. So tonight we're talking about our emotions, our feelings. So it's thinking about our thoughts is one thing, but now we're moving down to the heart, right? That's how the Bible talks about the heart, how it uses that imagery, that our heart is like the emotion center. And it's where we feel a lot of things. And our mind is the reason center. So we can kind of work off of that analogy here tonight, although we know it's not... Biochemistry-wise, it's not that simple. There's a lot of things going on when you feel something in your body, in your brain. Uh, but we want to talk about our emotions and what it means to be formed in Christ in the areas of our emotions. So as I was reflecting on this, um, it is very obvious to anybody who is paying attention to the world and our culture that we have an anger and an outrage problem in our culture. We have an anger problem. People love to get riled up and angry about stuff. Hopefully that's not you. If it is, I will pray for you. Um, I really don't like to be angry. It really messes with my mind, my body, my appetite, everything. Everything changes if I get angry about something. And anger is just a secondary emotion, right? Uh, there's always something that we feel before we feel anger. But our culture, particularly those with power and influence, and, and those using social media and following in the way that that sort of perpetuates ideas, People are using this as a means to get people all riled up and angry about this cause or that cause, about this news story or that news story. And the anger is actually selling really, really well, which is why they keep doing it, right? So just a word of caution, don't fall into that trap. Before you get angry about anything you see on the news or see online, ask yourself, who is going to profit off my anger? And if you can say anybody, 
if you can name anybody, you should probably think twice before you go down that path of anger, right? Now, if you're anything like me again, I have the thoughts in my mind that I don't like there, and I hope Christ will take those, and we will take those thoughts captive and lay them at the cross. If you're anything like me, you also have feelings that sometimes you don't want to feel and you don't want to have. And as it goes with our culture today in the last few years and how things um, have seemed to really just get stirred up, if you're like me, you spent some time being angry or frustrated about things that you have absolutely no power to change, right? Things like politics or money or social issues, fake news, half-truths, things that are meant to deceive you into feeling angry and outraged. Or maybe you carry around anger because of something that someone has said to you or somebody, what somebody has done to you or to somebody you love or care about. Maybe something has been said to you and it, it wasn't even true, but you still hold that and you hold that resentment and that anger. I think all of us experience this throughout our lives. Anybody in middle school right now, you know that there's reasons to get angry, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, thanks for being honest. I appreciate that. But it's true. Our emotions are strong. And we have to ask ourselves, is what we are feeling true or false? Is it true or false? Here's what I mean by that. Feelings are going to happen, right? God designed us to have emotions. God designed us to have feelings. God has given us feelings, um, like I said in the prayer earlier, so that we may experience his immense love for us and that we may show that to other people. So feelings give us the ability to receive love and blessing. If you've ever been in a season of your life where you're depressed or you're feeling numb or just overloaded, it is harder for you to receive someone else's love for you, right? It's also harder for you to show that love. We have feelings so that we can also genuinely show the love of Christ to other people. And we also have feelings because they actually give us the ability to discern the will of God according to his word and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so feelings are not everything, and we're going to talk more about that, but they are certainly something that God has given us. But make no mistake, like all good gifts from God, our feelings can be led astray. They can be warped. They can be twisted. Our feelings can easily be the only thing that we live by. They become the thing that we worship rather than God, rather than the Lord's truth. Our feelings can actually own us. Maybe you have had seasons in your life where you look back and you say, yes, my feelings are so intense and powerful, so negative, whatever the case, they actually owned me for that period. And our feelings can be used against us, like we talked about with the world that we live in and the way things are, are twisted to get these people against these people and so forth. So we live in this world where the entirety of the Western marketing strategy is based on making us feel a certain thing, not always anger, but it's based on making us feel a certain thing so that we will see whatever being sold is the answer to our feelings, right? Um, and if you watch commercials, just, just think about that. Next time you sit down and actually watch, I know nobody watches commercials anymore, right? But once you sit down and actually watch commercials, think about what is this causing me to feel and why is that a good reason for me to buy that product, right? All right, so we are easily led astray, and we can be feeling something, we can be feeling something for real, but it can actually be based wholly on a lie. And it can be a false feeling. 
It doesn't mean the feelings aren't real. It doesn't mean the chemical reaction going on in our body to make us feel certain ways aren't real. But we can be down that pathway of feeling something even if we really have no reason to feel that way. So here's an example of that. Um, If I text Allison, if I text my wife, a question about what kind of cereal to buy when I'm at the grocery store, and I'm standing in the cereal aisle, and and normally she texts back right away, right? So if I'm standing there and I start waiting for a text to come back, oh, she hasn't read it yet. Interesting. And I stand there a little longer because this is the last thing I need to get before I go to the checkout line, right? You've all been there for somebody. And I start to feel what? Maybe impatient, frustrated, maybe I actually start to get a little angry. Maybe I feel ignored, which makes me feel hurt, which makes me feel angry, right? Like there's all these different pathways I can go in over a box of cereal, right? Now, I could potentially feel all of those things, but what if Allison is on the phone with a friend? What if she's out walking the dog? And she's listening to something and didn't hear a notification. What if she is doing any one of thousands of things that are good things for her to be doing? She just hasn't seen my text message yet, right? She's not doing anything wrong. In this example, Allison does nothing to hurt me. She does nothing against me. She says nothing that is false or evil or untrue to me. Yet, I feel the feelings that I'm feeling for real, right? And that's how easy it is for us to be taken over by negative emotions based on something that isn't even true in the first place. I feel those negative emotions, but they are not true. They are based on speculation or pessimism. They might be based on past times where I felt ignored, or, or even from high school, even from as a little kid. There might be things that happened to me then that caused me to feel those things now, right? You see how convoluted this whole thing is with our feelings. What I'm feeling is real, but it is not true. And I think it's in this way that we spend a large percentage of our lives feeling angry or frustrated or disappointed or other negative emotions with things that are not even actual things to be feeling that way about in the first place. And so what does it look like then for our feelings to be formed in Christ? Our Ecclesiastes text tells us a little bit about that. And I like this text because it tells us something big There is actually a time for some good things to feel and some bad things to feel. There is actually a time, right? There's actually a time to weep and feel sad. There is. So if you feel sad about something, that doesn't mean you're not following Jesus. That means you're actually modeling Jesus, perhaps, who wept himself at the death of Lazarus, who cried out when his disciples didn't understand the truth that he was preaching to them. Right? So... There is actually a time to be sad and weep, and there's a time to laugh. So it's okay to feel sad if we're feeling sad about things that God might feel sad about or things that would move God's heart. We want our hearts to move in the same way. And this text even tells us in Ecclesiastes that there's a time to love, and there's actually a time to what? Hate. Yeah, there's a time to hate too. That one's a little more scary for us to think about, right? Because we're told we shouldn't do that. Now, I would never use the word hate casually. I think hate is kind of overused and thrown around a lot for things. It's a very strong word. But there are actually things that God hates, like evil or injustice or sin that separates us from him. I believe that God hates those things. And if it's time for us to hate, as Ecclesiastes says, 
or if we're feeling hatred for any reason, we need to be sure that that feeling is directed at something that God himself would direct that towards and not towards the people that God loves. And in any season where it's time to be sad, a time to be angry, uh, what makes God angry, or a time to hate the things that God hates, our call in Christ is never to lose sight of his joy and his promises and his truth as a foundation. To never let our anger cause us to sin, the scriptures tell us. To never let our hatred remove the love from us that we are called to show in Christ Jesus to anybody and everybody that we meet. And so with our Old Testament text here in Ecclesiastes, we see that there's really a season for these feelings, but we are not to let these feelings own us or take us over. And we're to avoid letting these feelings be exercised in a way that God would not exercise those feelings, in a way that's inconsistent with the life of Jesus Christ. Um, because that is what leads us to sin, right? That's what leads us to sin through our feelings, through our thoughts and emotions. Now, looking at our Philippians text, our Philippians text takes a couple of important things as well. And I want to read that one again for us. So we're going to kind of walk through it here briefly. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. How many of you are really good at rejoicing always? Yeah, I didn't think so. I'm not either. I'm not either. We are encouraged here to rejoice in God, his promises, his truth, his love, at all times, because always, back in the Greek, means always, right? And so this is like our Ecclesiastes six: the seasons that bring on despair or sorrow or other feelings that aren't rejoicing or joy should not be allowed to lead us away from our rejoicing in the Lord. It doesn't mean we always feel like rejoicing, but it is still good to rejoice even when we don't feel like it. We keep these things in balance. We don't let the feelings own us or take us away from what is true in Christ Jesus. Moving on with verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So as many of you know, being anxious isn't always a choice, right? Allison shared some of that a couple weeks ago when she talked. Being anxious is not always a choice. You don't get to just turn it off like that. Sometimes there are things going on biochemically in our bodies that really make it hard for us to not feel anxious or feel those things. But even if we do feel anxious about the needs and the cares of life or about the people that we love or so forth, we are called here through prayer and petition to take that to the Lord. And as much as I can guarantee anything as a pastor, I can guarantee that if we sought the Lord more in prayer and in thanksgiving for all of the things that weigh us down and give us anxiety, my guess is we would see some improvement. We would see some fruit. Because the scriptures wouldn't tell us to do something that wasn't going to produce something good and holy and pleasing to God. So we would have more peace about those things. And I think that's something practical we can work on. We often trouble ourselves. We make ourselves anxious with the things that God doesn't want us to trouble about. We put our own concern or our care and we pour those energies into the troubles of the world rather than letting God take care of what he has promised to take care of. 
And so we are not to dwell in our anxiety. It doesn't mean we're never going to feel it, right? It doesn't mean we're never going to feel anger or any other emotion. But we're not to dwell in our anxiety about the things that God has promised to handle and take care of. Psalm 55, 22 says, what? Cast your burdens onto the Lord, and he will sustain you. Cast your burdens onto the Lord, and he will sustain you. Those things that weigh us down and burden us and call us, cause us to feel all these things are not meant to be on our shoulders. They are meant to be cast to the Lord. Because God is powerful enough and good enough, righteous enough, holy enough to deal with those in a way to lighten our load. And then picking up in Philippians 4 verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This, friends, is a godly way of putting our feelings in check by using our minds. By using our minds. This keeps us from our feelings consuming us. We can think about things that are true, God's truth, things that we know to be true about his love and his provision, and those loved ones that he's put in our lives, there's many true things we can think about. There are many noble things to think about, and so forth. Regardless of what we're feeling, we can use our minds to think about those things. It's not always easy. It's not always quick. It's not always good or easy to get out of that rut, right? But it's possible. And we can think about these things. It's like this instruction here in the scriptures that when we experience anxiety or depression or strong negative feelings, that we are to remember the truth and the good news of Jesus Christ. And maybe in doing that, we learn to rejoice in the Lord always. And we remember to count the blessings we've received, even in the face of a loss. Or we remember to experience the ongoing love and promises of God even when the promises of the world have left us disappointed. And when we do all of that, even if it is hard, it will be healthy for us. It will be good for us. We can begin to see our feelings, along with our minds, along with our whole selves, formed by Christ and in Christ. And we can grow in our ability to feel as God feels and as God calls us to feel which we see again displayed in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can grow in our understanding of God's promise, as Philippians tell us, us here, that the God of peace will be with us, no matter what we're feeling. There will be seasons of good feelings and bad feelings. There will be days that have millions of feelings all in the same day. But the God of peace is still with us. And the Holy Spirit wants to do some work in our feelings, in our minds, in all that we are. So I want to end on this. What are you feeling right now? What are you feeling right now? You don't have to say anything out loud. Put, put a couple words to what you're feeling right now in your mind. What are you feeling right now? Do you notice what you're feeling on a regular basis? I think one of the best takeaways I've had from some leadership retreats that Allison and I have done over the last couple of years was the one on emotional formation. And 
Uh, it was a simple practice of being mindful of our feelings because our feelings often dictate how we act and interact with others, whether we recognize we're feeling that way or not. Now, most of us don't sit around all day analyzing what we're feeling. I think that would get tedious and take up a lot of time, right? But there is wisdom in putting words to the feelings that are on our heart. Because when we identify what that is, we can take it to the Lord in prayer and petition and thanksgiving. We can lay it at the feet of the one who can do anything that he pleases with those, and we can trust him to do good things with it. What if we stop for a second? What if we stop and we identify, hey, let's say I'm in the grocery store again, waiting for that text message. I notice that I'm starting to feel impatient and frustrated. Why am I feeling that way? Oh, it's not anything that Allison did wrong. <laughs> she just didn't see my text message, right? Once I've, once I've stopped and said, hey, what am I feeling? Well, once you notice your feelings, you've kind of taken a step outside of that feeling, right? And you've looked on it more objectively, and maybe you've been able to explain why it's there, and maybe not. Sometimes we don't. But now you can take that and give it to the Lord, as he calls us to do with every thought and with our feelings. I can give that feeling, that frustration, that feeling ignored, whatever it is, I can give it to the Lord in prayer and experience the promised presence of the God of peace. And that's just a little tool that I encourage you to do throughout your day, particularly if you are somebody who does struggle with anxiety or panic or just feeling like you're in negative ruts. Every, whenever, you, whenever you're feeling that way, just stop and say, what am I feeling? I'm noticing that I'm feeling this. Lord, please take these feelings. Even the good feelings we can give to the Lord, right? Even the good things, we can share those with our Heavenly Father. And oftentimes we come to appreciate those things more. So that's a little tool I encourage you to use whenever you're feeling unsettled. Pause, put words to your feelings, give them to the Lord, all of which can be done in a few seconds in the quiet of your hearts. Because God made us with the ability to feel, and I think he's calling us to be good stewards with those feelings and with our emotional energy, right? So do not succumb to the anger, the frustration, and the anxiety that is ruling our world right now. There is a better way in the hands of the God of peace. Give everything to the Lord in prayer and petition, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, that you fill us with your Holy Spirit when we know Jesus Christ. We thank you for the promise of your presence, that you are a Holy Father who brings a peaceful presence to our hearts, to our minds, to our bodies. And Lord, we thank you um, that in so many ways, when we feel stuck, we're not really stuck when we know you. Lord, would you help us to do a couple of things? First, Lord, would you help us to stop agreeing with the feelings that you don't want us to have? Would you help us to stop agreeing with lies from the enemy or feelings that are not true? Lord, would you help us through the power of your Holy Spirit, through the power of your grace and forgiveness, to break agreement with those things in our lives? And Lord, turn us from those feelings. Turn us to you and your peace. Turn us to you and the reasons that we have to rejoice. Turn us to you 
and the truth, the noble things, the good things, the pure things. Lord, would you bring things to our minds to combat when our feelings are leading us astray? And would you draw us back to you each and every time? Lord, forgive us, renew us, and lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.